Hey everybody and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. My name is Sean Ray and on this episode, John and I continue our conversation with Hai Chan Bui and Rick Tatro. We were discussing the TV shows that uh, didn't really get a fair shake, got canceled too soon, should have been canceled sooner. We had a really interesting conversation. We got to talk about Sliders, Star Trek Enterprise, Earth 2 and some others. So uh, let's go ahead and get into the episode. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. So, a lot of you have guys have been going back in history. Mine are going to be in this past decade. So, um, this one is yes, the most recent. It, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't start watching TV until like 10 years ago. Um, so, my most recent one is Young Justice, which was a Cartoon Network show oh, about yeah. um, the sidekicks of the Justice League. So, you had... Robin, Aqualad, Kid Flash, um, Miss Martian, uh, Artemis, who was an original character for the show, but she was Green Arrow's sidekick, or kind of protege, and then you had Speedy, who was um, his other uh, sidekick, but who kind of goes rogue. Um, It was a really great show that got cancelled after two seasons, because Cartoon Network has gone on record as saying that it was not popular amongst their their preferred demographic, which was boys in like the ten year old range, and because like mostly people who watched it were girls and kind of college age students, and because you can't sell merchandise off of that, they're like, oh, we're gonna cancel the show, even though it was really great and <laughs> yeah. it was kind of just getting into some really interesting plot lines because um the second season had like a time five year time jump. Um, mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed it. It was kind of in the style of the old Justice League shows and um, Batman and Superman animated series. Um, uh, yeah, it was really great. They kind of just like create their own team, Young Justice, and they, they operate out of a mountain base and go on missions um, that the Justice League can't go on because they need to be covert. Um, it's really good. The surprise casting was Jesse McCartney, who played Robin and was Really good as it. Um, I don't know if you guys know who Jesse McCartney is. He was a teen pop singer around like the early 2000s. Yeah. And he is actually really great in this show. And he kind of has like this creepy, fun laugh that he does for Robin. His, his Robin is, he's, his Robin is Dick Grayson, but it has, he has more of the characteristics of, um, Tim Drake because he is kind of like a techie and is more of a, detective and stuff like that rather than being an acrobat or whatever yeah which which yeah. robin was in teen titans that was dick grayson as that well. was dick grayson okay mm-hmm. which was also another show that i don't know if it got canceled but it kind of ended and became replaced by another show that um was from catered more towards a younger demographic 
But yeah, yeah. Uh, it was. I'm still. I'm still upset about Young Justice. I'm still um, hurt, like sore after its cancellation. Um, yeah, it kind of ended. I don't remember. Like there was definitely lots of loose ends with the ending. They kind of warded off an alien invasion, but not really because there are still nefarious players about. And like there's this, this mysterious uh, organization that was still pulling the strings behind the scenes. So it was really good. I still miss it. <laughs> and you learn what me and what you you learn what John and I learned in the eighties is that most cartoons are just thirty minute toy commercials. So if <laughs> if nobody's buying toys, the show doesn't keep getting money. So <laughs> it's unfortunate we get written. Yeah, that's true. It's all about it the merchandise. All it was all intelligent intelligent really good, so I will, I will, yeah, it was it was really good. I was I kind of I think I discovered it probably halfway through or almost three fourths of the way through the first season. It's like, whoa, what is this? And 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 caught up with it and watched season two. And... Yeah. Yeah. It, get... <laughs> <laughs> it gets pretty dark and complex sometimes, but it was great storytelling, and I feel like we like cartoons these days don't really miss out on any. Like miss out on like a lot of the mature storytelling that we have, like the more narrative um, driven ones instead of just kind of, you know, uh, random comedy that we get nowadays. So I don't know. I, I liked it. I prefer those kind of shows. So I was really sad about that being canceled. Okay. All right. Well, Rick, do you have another show for us? I do. I have several, but okay. um, uh, I'll, tr- I'll I'll bring things into this decade as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I have watched a little bit of TV since, uh, you know, 1995. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A show that – here's a a running theme, Fox, again, uh, that came out in uh, 2011, and uh, it came out just after my baby was born. So uh, I watched a lot of this while while giving her her bottles and burping and stuff and having her sleeping on me, Uh, was Terra Nova. Yeah, okay. Um, the the premise was the Earth was dying. Uh, resources had been used up, and and the ozone layer was gone, and it was just you know your your classic almost seventies Charlton Heston movie esque dystopic future, right? Or dystopic, <laughs> sorry. Um, but a company has has uh, found a way to send people back in time, and so they send people back like sixty five million years to. Uh, to colonize prehistory. Uh, so you've got Terra Nova, which is a settlement that's in the jungles, uh, you know, the, the prehistorical jungles. Uh, and you've got a, a guy who is a cop who screwed up. And, and uh, uh, rather than, than punish him, they, they, they have his family and he go back and become like the the constable of of Terra Nova. Now the the thing about the the series you all remember uh um oh what's uh, what Avatar the the movie Avatar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, the guy that was the bad guy in Avatar, the the evil marine dude. Yeah. Well, he also played <laughs> the head security guy of of Terra Nova. And so and they really played off on that as to is he a good guy who's just gruff as hell or is he really a bad guy and and 
there was this really cool dynamic with him. And, of course, you had all the, the dinosaurs. And some people complained about the dinosaur effects not being all that great. For a TV show, I thought they were fine. It was all you yeah. know, mostly CGI and stuff. But I found the show really intriguing and really captivating. Uh, you know, I, when I heard the premise, I was like, really? Okay. Uh, so I, I, the fact that it won me over kind of surprised me. And then, unfortunately, by the at the end of its its uh, at the end of its first season, uh, went into the hiatus, and they didn't say they, they didn't know when the show when they finished shooting whether they were getting any more or not, right. and it ended on a cliffhanger. They had suddenly found, uh, you know, we we had found out that uh, this may or may not be the direct past; it may be an alternate timeline oh. or an alternate reality. Because uh, you know there was a lot of questions about are they are they screwing up the history of the Earth? And they're like, oh no no, this isn't the real Earth. This is a different timeline. And then you start finding things like maybe it's not, and there's nefarious this and that, and there's there's this group called the Niners who are who are, are no the Sixers that were a, a split off group uh, that uh, were kind of leaving terrorist attacks on Terra Nova, or are they? You know, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, it just, it, it really had, it had a lot of balls in the air. Uh, and then it got canceled. Right. They just said the, 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 the ratings weren't good enough and it was a very expensive show and they, they, they canned it. And while I can't say it was like a, you know, a firefly level of injustice, it was really disappointing. Uh, cause I, I liked where they were going with it. I had really grown to like the characters. Uh, and it just, I would have loved to have seen the show go on. And of course, you know, there was the, the, well, is Netflix going to pick it up or is Amazon going to pick, you know, it, it, and this was, you know, back at the very beginning of Netflix starting to dip their toes into let's do original content and stuff. So there, there was some question about it, but then you started seeing stories about the cast members getting different gigs and moving on mm-hmm. and stuff and had to accept that it was gone. Yeah. And you just want to tell Fox sometimes that, you know, if the show is that expensive and, Maybe don't make as many episodes, you know. Maybe you don't need 25 episodes. Maybe just make 12 or something yeah. like that, you know. Maybe that'll cut back on your on your cost a little bit, and you can keep some of these shows around a little bit longer. I think Fox has a tendency, too, of really liking original ideas and throwing a bunch of money at it, but then they kind of panic as soon as it doesn't do as well as they hope Yeah, and just cancel it right out because that's, like, a pattern that they've been having with a lot of shows. Right. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, that was a good one. I, I like I like that show too. I, w- I was disappointed when it vanished as well. But um, John, what's the next one on your list? Um, <clears throat> this show was not on Fox. <laughs> <laughs> <This> was, <laughs> um, this was on NBC actually, and it was also uh, fairly recent. Uh, Revolution. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, two or three seasons, and I, this was a show, you know, like you were saying, it, it kind of won you over. Um, this, the first few episodes, um, so, so the, the, uh, the basic concept is, um, it's, it takes place in the future, probably like 15 or so, 15, 20 years in the future. Um, and in our present, basically, it's like if tomorrow all electricity just stopped working. Oh, yes, nobody, I did see a 
the fir- I think I watched the first episode of that one. Juliet from yeah, Lost is in no, this. Oh yeah, yeah. Was yeah, in yeah, this. Yeah. Juliet from Lost is in this. Um, nobody knows what happened. Nobody knows why. Um, well, obviously somebody knows, and we discovered in the course of the series. But you know, for the purpose of the show, nobody knows how it happened. Um, and so the show takes place. Um, like I said, I think like ten years. 10 or so years after the event. Um, and it focuses on this uh, girl. And I'll just share the plot, actually. Um, who is integral in discovering the mystery of what happened. And um, she and her family, it turns out, uh, had a lot to do with what happened and possibly how to get the power back on. And if maybe that's not such a good thing for them to do that. Um, but it's, 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 it's almost like a very, almost like a more tame Mad Max hmm. with, um, less road rage and more intrigue. It's a yeah. bizarre description, but, yeah. um, it, it was the first, um, the first one or two episodes I thought were great. And then I felt like it started, it kind of started to go off the rails. I wasn't liking, um, the main character as much as I would have liked. And they were killing a lot of people that I was just getting invested in and thought they shouldn't be killing yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, really? Him too? Wow, her too? Really? Episode 5, really? Which, you know, establishes that no one is facing this world, but also establishes that I really shouldn't start investing too much emotional in any particular character. Um, so it was, it was kind of hit or miss for me for a while. Um, but it did, it got better, and... Um, I want to say there were three seasons and each season they kind of did it as well as they could in that they ended the arc of the season and set up a lot for the next season, um, which was the case with the series, which turned out to be the series finale. So they ended the, the driving ticking bomb, I guess, of that season. The thing that they were most actively trying to stop uh, meanwhile, a couple of littler things, not littler, but more in the background things. And yes, I know littler is not a word, smaller things that they're trying to stop. Uh, it's like, okay, well, we, we'll get to that next season. Yeah. <laughs> and it just, and I, and I think it was, it was another one of those cases where, which apparently happens all the time, where nobody knows if it's coming back, you know next year the actors don't know the writers don't know the producers don't know the network may not even know um and i think the ratings were the ratings were decent but they weren't great and the ratings had been going down um but yeah like that was and and i kind of i don't know if that broke my rule about getting invested in the sci-fi show because i know there's always <laughs> Uh, but I didn't quite break my rule because they do, like, the bare minimum for me, because like I said, they have to wrap up, they have to at least wrap up a season. 
you know, they have to, whatever the main goal is of the season, they have to at least achieve that or not achieve it. And it's fine if you want to tease the next season, but I need some kind of closure. Don't just end on a cliffhanger. I've been burned too many times. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that that's, uh, that's my, my, uh, my recent history pick. Yeah, I think it's some of these shows had a really great concept when they started, and then when they start to try to explain things, <laughs> you know, it uh, it's not. It's well, the not explanation the ex- was the Go explanation ahead. was really good. Like the, of of the various ways they could have been, like here's why the power's out. Yeah, I felt like the reason the power's out was really. I mean, it was it was great. It was as good as it could have been. It was surprising and intelligent and yeah sorry no it's so, fine. yeah and, I, and there there were there were rumors for a while that it was going to be picked up by you know but i think every time a show goes off the air somebody starts the rumor that netflix is going to pick it up netflix can't pick up everything <laughs> you know or hulu or amazon right right yeah okay well, um, all right, I'll do a pick, and I'm going to, let me find one that's not a Fox product. Because I've got several. I've got a couple that are not, but I'll I'll start with Chuck. They made their bed. They can lie in it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Chuck was a show that came on. It started in 2007, and actually, when you start talking about a show that didn't get the ending that it deserved, you don't really think of a show that lasted five seasons. But Chuck la- Chuck lasted five seasons. But the thing was that every single season, it was at risk of getting canceled. So the writers had to write every season finale as though it could be the series finale. So they couldn't really uh-huh. they couldn't really get a good arc going, you know, because they wanted to have everything wrapped up at the end of the season and maybe just have a little bit of a cliffhanger that could lead you into the next season if there was going to be one, you know. But um did you guys ever watch the show? I actually was a big fan of Chuck, okay. um, but I kind of fell off in the fourth season. I honestly think it should have ended after the third season because that was when it was still kind of riding high. Yeah. And fourth and fifth season were really weak for me, and I kind of wasn't as invested when it finally ended. I, I mean, like, I was thinking about adding, about including Chuck, but I felt like it kind of got its time in the sun by the time I... It, it did. I just didn't. I just didn't feel like it ever really got a fair shake because it was always being threatened of being canceled. So it never really got to. It hit its stride, but it didn't get to really go all out like it could have. They, they could have had a big arc that went through the entire series, but instead they had to do little arcs, you know, and wrap them up and. But basically, the show was about a guy that accidentally uh, kind of became a super a human supercomputer. He uh, he got this uh, this thing called the Intersect, and if you look at it, it downloads like all of the information that the FBI and everybody, everything on the internet, everything kind of downloads into your brain instantly. And once it's there, you've got it until you know somebody withdraws it from you. So. All of a sudden, you've got this guy that basically works at a Best Buy. They don't call it Best Buy, but you know he uh, he works buy at more. like a, yeah the Buy More. The <laughs> they buy more. all but yeah. call it Best Buy. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, he's just a regular guy, and then all of a sudden he accidentally gets this intersect in his brain, 
and now he knows everything. And if he sees somebody that's on the FBI's most wanted, he automatically knows it and he knows who they are and all that kind of stuff. So the FBI needs him because they need the intersect. So, and he can also, after like the second season, he can, he can do judo and stuff like that just because he's got it downloaded in his brain and he can just automatically do it. But, but, um, but it was good, you know, and it also kind of walked the line between being a, a real spy show and being a comedy at the same time. Because if he was at the Buy More and he had all of his friends around him and his bosses and stuff, it was a comedy show. And then when he went out on missions, it was a spy show, you know, with comedy elements. And it had, uh, you know, Zachary Levi, uh, Yvonne Strahovski. That's it. And Is that uh, the, the blonde yes, spy girl, yeah, who's one of the most beautiful people ever to walk the <laughs> yeah, earth, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, and Adam Baldwin, so mm-hmm. and and uh, he was he was pretty decent in that show. Yeah, he, he was he was fine. It's it was just good. he's he he was also Jane. In, yeah, uh, yeah, in Firefly. Firefly, right? And right. had a lot of um. Oh, sorry. Continue. I was just gonna say it's uh, from what I've been able to discern, he is just a raging douchebag in real life. <laughs> yeah, I, I can believe. Well, he's a Baldwin. I mean, <laughs> well, no, he's not. He's, he's not, not one of the Baldwins. Well, he's he's their cousin. Oh, is it? Yeah, he is their cousin. Oh, okay. I thought he's he was not. He's he's there. not one of their. He's not one of their brothers, but he is their cousin. So. Oh, okay. So he does go to the family reunion. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the show is really great with its um its guests and kind of its sci-fi cult show roots. Like it had Adam Baldwin, for example, and also Scott. Uh, speaking of Quantum Leap, Scott Bakula yeah. um, yep. starred on that show. And, and Linda Hamilton. Summer Glau, yeah. Linda, Linda, Linda Hamilton was there. Right. Summer Glau Wasn't John was there. Aston his father? No, it was, no, it was um, Scott Bakula. Scott Bakula. Oh, it was Scott Bakula. Okay. okay. Linda Hamilton was his mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they yeah, actually they had a... They had a good uh, Quantum Leap callback. The first time that Scott Bakula was on the show, you know, he hadn't seen his father since, you know, it had been like, what, 10, 12 years, something like that, and his father had disappeared. Because basically you find out in the show that his father's the one that invented the Intersect, you know. So, and uh, he's been on the run. People have been chasing him and stuff. And he always thought that his father had just run out on him. But, you know, he was actually on the run. But he ran, (laughs) when, when he found his father... Later on in the episode, he ran into his sister. So his sister sees him, and the last thing that she remembered of her father was him saying that he was going to run out for some pancakes or something. And uh, so when 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 she saw him, the first thing she said was, pancakes, you know. And he just looked at her and says, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so it made me laugh out loud. <laughs> yeah, I, I never actually watched every time he leaves. I don't understand. <laughs> every time, every episode of Quantum Leap, mm-hmm. he would leap into this new person, and he would be in some bizarre situation to which he would say, "Oh boy!" Yeah, in some in some <laughs> different he, way, he would, he would say, it, "Oh boy!" You know, hundreds yeah. of episodes, so we had to say that line, those two words, a hundred different ways. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so that was that was like the uh, one of the trademark phrases of the show. Yeah. I, I never watched the show on purpose, but uh, my wife—well, my wife watched it. And back when back when it was on, our our computers were uh, in in this, in the living room, and so when she was watching, it's the same way I, I know anything about um, Supernatural. Uh, it just I was in the room while she was watching it. Yeah. 
And so I kind of picked it up by osmosis. And that's it was kinda, cute. That's kind of like me with Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it did seem to me though, and, uh, y'all can check me on this. When he, when he finally decided he was going to be a spy is when I think the show kind of jumped the shark a little bit. Yeah. It and the, kind of a different show. Yeah, he yeah. kind of got he got an upgrade of the intersect too because he got rid of the intersect and then when he got it back, it was like intersect 2.0 and he could do all kinds of other stuff that he couldn't do before. You know, so it, it did kind of jump the shark a little bit. But. Well, I mean, the, the show is basically uh, like nerd fantasy. You know, he he like he works at this you know nerd job and he's this nerd guy. And all of a sudden, he's a super spy, and all of a sudden, he's got the super hot girlfriend. You know, it's, it's what every nerd hopes will happen to them at some point in their life. Complete and with tons of male gaze shots. Yeah. yeah. And some of the situation, some of the situations that they that they put in were just so absurd. Like there was an episode where they were hunting down some FBI's most wanted guy that was going to be at a convention. For weapons, and it was called Weapon Con, you know, and it had a big banner on the wall that said Weapon Con, and you know, and Adam Baldwin was like in heaven because you know he was the weapons guy and stuff. So, so I'm like, Weapon Con, really? <laughs> but okay, so we're um, all right, we're running a little bit long, so we'll do one more round, and then I want to talk about our um, assignments for the uh, from last episode. So, Hi Chan, give us one more uh, show on your list. Uh, okay, um, I'm going to talk about Veronica Mars. Uh, that ran for three season from, seasons from 2004 to 2007. It was created by Rob Thomas and starred Kristen Bell. And it's a noir story set in high school about a teen detective played by Kristen Bell who's trying to solve the murder of her best friend. Um, and basically gets all the elements of what you would expect in a noir, right? Um, it's obvious that I like noir shows and tropes a lot, but, you know, it has, like, the disillusioned, hard-boiled detective after a traumatic thing happened in her past, and she's a loner and outcast, but she still is able to, like, wrangle her way through society and, you know, solve solve the mysteries. And it's it's really great. Um, It kind of does go downhill after she goes to college, which is in the third season, and because it starts focusing on several mini mystery arcs instead of a season-long arc. Um, But at the end of season three, it kind of just leaves a bunch of loose ends, like, romantically, because there's a big love triangle, of course, and because it's, like, a WB teen show. And it also leaves, like, a bunch of cliffhangers for cases that never get solved. Um, It's a really great show. Um, Kind of, I I felt like it was the... um, air i guess to buffy the vampire slayer mostly because i watched it right afterwards and i was like i'm craving another show that has like a (laughs) strong female character who's well written and has like all these great supporting characters and stories around her and it's really great i like it a lot and i'm very sad that it was canceled but did the uh did the movie wrapping wrap things up i never saw the movie i remember seeing some of the show but i never saw the movie it didn't wrap up any of the storylines like that lower left off in the end of season three, but they were kind of like, they were kind of small fry in any ways. It didn't really matter. It kind of set things, you know, 10 years out later and she you know, comes back to her old town and 
she tries to escape, but they pull her back in. Yeah. So it's all about like that kind of story. Um, it was good. I mean, um, the movie was basically fan service, which I liked, but also didn't like, cause I felt like sometimes they sacrifice a good story for, you know, you seeing all your favorite characters and they doing, and them doing like all the things that you love remembering about them. But then some right. of the characters like end up being neutered or just not interesting anymore. So, well, that was also something that had never been done before. A show gets canceled, and then the fans the fans basically paid for the movie through mm-hmm. like uh, crowdsourcing, yeah. you know, which right. had never really been done before for bringing back a, a network TV show. I mean, fans have written letters and had gotten shows brought back. You know, they did that with Star Trek, but actually, mm-hmm. they take the money out of their pocket and actually pay for it. You know, that was something new. So it kind of happened with Firefly, though. We except I think Joss Whedon funded that movie. The Serenity yeah. movie Serenity. himself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, crowdsourcing wasn't around when, when Serenity yeah. was made. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, what, 2004 or five, something like that? Yeah. 2005, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, I, I will say about Veronica Mars, or the, the, the movie, is um, it has made life a lot more difficult for those of us in the fan community, uh, Firefly fan community, who uh, have realistic expectations of the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because ever since the the Veronica Mars movie got greenlit from you know from Kickstarter or you know, whichever particular one it used, mm-hmm. uh, just the hue and cry for hey if they could do it we could do it with with Serenity with uh, Firefly too, and it's just if I had a dollar for every time I had to explain to somebody why it wouldn't work for why why a show like Veronica Mars can be could be crowdsourced and because it's you know it's real people in the real world right you know it's, it's a noir not, and you can tell like a different story every time about. because it's a mystery a different mystery well so. yeah but it, it i mean i'm it's it's not it doesn't need the special make, effects and but all that you don't yeah, have yeah, to exactly. build your entire world from scratch mm-hmm. uh you know to like you do with a science fiction show i don't i think a lot of people don't realize how unbelievably expensive science fiction television is mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's like, no, we're not going to get a crowdsourced Firefly movie. Shut the hell up, please. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did watch a little bit of Veronica Mars, and I will say that uh, they, they, I would, well, I'd love to live in their world, except I couldn't because they're all impress- impossibly gorgeous people in that world. <laughs> they're also incredibly cynical, and there's a huge class divide. <laughs> so it's, it probably wouldn't be that fun unless you're very rich and we're very naive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Rick, you want to do your last pick? Sure. Uh, I, I've got a, a bunch. <laughs> yeah. I've got a whole page of stuff. I'm trying to pick which one I want to do last, but, um, uh, let me, let me just toss out. Well, I don't know. I'll wait till after everyone's done and I'll do quick honorable mention, but okay. Uh, I guess I would be remiss if I didn't pick, one of the Star Treks <laughs> because there's there's two of them that got an ignominious end and one of them that really got hosed and that's Enterprise. Yeah. Um, you know, I could say TOS, but they, they kind of dug their own grave. Um, yeah. But uh, Enterprise, I, I have always been, been uh, the proponent that bad Trek is better than no Trek. Uh, at least before J.J. Abrams came around, <laughs> um, because I had no idea how 
deep the bag could go when you turn it. Anyway. Um, oh, but, no. Well, I was never uh, a huge Trekkie, so I don't really know how he ruined it. <laughs> Uh, that, that that's a whole show unto itself. I'd be glad to come back and talk about that for two hours. Uh, it is, and I'll, I'll, I'll debate you, my friend. I'm sure oh, when, I liked it. when Star Trek Beyond comes out, we'll probably do an entire episode about the J.J. Abrams Trek oh, universe. My, my enthusiasm for that wanes daily. Anyway, um, <laughs> Enterprise, Enterprise we'll, we'll talk. I'll be happy to. Uh, Enterprise... If, if y'all okay, for, for for those of you that don't know, Enterprise was the fifth and last uh, television incarnation of Star Trek, and it was a prequel to the original series, going back to the twenty two hundreds, I think twenty one hundred, something like that. Anyway, uh, the the Federation doesn't exist yet. They've just created the first ship capable of going uh, warp five. Uh, which we won't get into the logarithmic uh, warp scale, but it's really, really fast. Yeah. Um, it's not just five times faster than the speed of light. It's it's hundreds in, anyway. Um, and so it, the the show was uh, to show us the how the Federation was created. And so we have uh, this ship, the the first warp five capable ship, the USS Enterprise, uh, and. Captain by Scott Bakula, Captain Archer, uh, and his Vulcan first officer, T'Pol, who was pretty much there just to be eye candy, uh, because I'm sure Jolene <laughs> Blaylock is a lovely person in real life, but her acting was terrible. Um, <laughs> That's why they made my, her a Vulcan, but. <laughs> in my opinion, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we. Okay. Being a Vulcan doesn't just mean being wooden, okay? Look at Tim I Russ agree. on Voyager. His, his Vulcan. You know, and you know, you could look at Spock too, but he was half Vulcan, so people like to give that qualifier. But right. both Sarek, played by Mark Leonard, and Tuvok, played by by uh, Tim Russ, played pure pure blood Vulcans, uh, who were every bit as stoic as any Vulcan you'd ever see, but still managed to give nuanced, interesting performances. Um, but that's not what we're talking about, uh, <laughs> and so. The the first season and and there were there you know there was a whole cast of characters that were very had varying degrees of being interesting, um, and the first season was really rough, and you could see that they were trying to you, you could see a lot of influence by the suits, you know a lot of studio pressure to try to make this show appeal to people people beyond just us the the Trekkies, and. It, but it was all done very ham-handedly and very ham-fistedly, you know, stupid things like the, the, the decontamination chambers where where you've got uh, T'Pol and Trip, the you know, the male and a female character. They have to strip down to their underwear and smear this gel all over each other in these <laughs> long, lingering shots of them, right. you know, rubbing each other's bellies. And, and I was like, what the beep is this all about? Um <laughs> And then they started really messing with with retconning and stuff. And and the first season there was some good and there was some bad. And then the second season just was I, I don't want to say it was awful, but they they just they started having things happen that were so big and so uh, important that there's no way we wouldn't have heard about it in any of the other shows before. Right, and and the more they did that, the harder it got to swallow it as being a prequel. 
And that you know, if you ever heard on the Starbase, Kennedy and I would go on and off, go off about this all the time. About he he had his theories and and I had mine, and you know I'm the purist and he's the but the Borg screwed up the timeline and just banging our heads together about this. Yeah. Um, but season two was, in my opinion, really weak. Season three, they had this long season long arc that was the Zindi War, and it was really convoluted. And I didn't particularly care for it, but it was better. And then season four, I felt like they really got their footing. They finally figured out how to do Star Trek again. And season four was amazing. But by then, the 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 uh, the ratings had just tanked. Right. And nobody was watching. Nobody but us diehards were watching anymore. Uh, and, you know, for all, for all of its flaws, we Trekkies <laughs> are never happier than when we've got something to bitch about. And <laughs> Enterprise really gave us a lot of that. Um, but it also did some really great stuff. And, uh, you know, the, the, the fleshing out of the Andorians was amazing. Jeffrey Combs, of course, who was just, you know, one of the most awesome guys anyway. Uh, his, his Andorian Shran was one of my favorite of all time Star Trek characters. Uh, Susie Plaxon was on as an Andorian. Um, uh, it, it just, it really found its footing in season four and was starting to go when it got the rug pulled out from under it. And then we got this hastily thrown together, absolutely a abysmal finale that that's why i was about to the say whole, they didn't even hmm? get to do their they didn't even get to do their own finale they turned their finale into a tng episode yeah <laughs> basically yeah. yeah well and 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 another thing that but you know yeah that was kind of like all right so the whole uh, now i could never figure out if they were saying the whole show had been this holodeck thing or whether it was just that episode but that episode the central point of the episode was Captain Archer freaking out over having to give this speech at the at the inauguration of the Federation, and you know he's sweating bullets through the whole show about how am I going to do this speech, and there, there was other things going on, but that, that's really the only part of the story I remember. Um, and then we don't even hear the speech. The, yeah. the, the last <laughs> scene is him is him walking out to give the speech, and you hear applause. And I think Tapal is like, "Oh, he'll he'll do just fine." And then you know, cut to credits. I'm like, "What? Really?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then they they bring Jonathan Frakes and Marina Sirtis in to do um, to play their characters, and basically they're watching they're watching all this stuff going. They're on the holodeck and they're watching all this stuff going around them. And it's supposed to be interjected into the middle of. TNG into like a season three or four episode, but Jonathan Frakes is obviously not the same age that he was in season yeah. three and not the same weight either. <laughs> you yeah. know, hey, yeah, that I didn't. Well, you know, the holiday gap's 10 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Did we lose Sean? Sean? No, my microphone came oh. unplugged. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't think that they were saying that the entire show was a, a hologram. I think it was just supposed to be that episode, and uh, he was just kind of watching some historical things go on. Yeah. Um, and trip, By the, way, the the TNG episode that it was inserted into was Pegasus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember talking about the Pegasus in that episode. But Trip, uh, spoiler alert, Trip gets killed in that in the fa- in the final episode. But from what I've read, I've never read any of the Enterprise uh, novels. But I've heard that they said in the novels later that he he faked his death for whatever reason to trick whoever the bad guys were in that episode, and uh, and he's still alive in the in the books. 
What I never understood was why when the show started, season one, it was called Enterprise. Season two comes back, it's called Star Trek Enterprise. You know, they think that the, the fans were going to forget that they were watching Star Trek. <laughs> that, well, that was that was one of the symptoms of the stupidity that was raining down on the show from the get-go. Yeah. You know, they, they for some reason, some executives decided that trying to distance this Star Trek show from Star Trek was the right way to go. Uh you know, and then there was the theme song and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That that whole thing yeah, the whole opening sequence was so different mm-hmm. than the um than the other series that um it was yeah, it was it was weird. Yeah. Oh, it's it actually it was a... an enterprise. Sorry, yeah. I was like looking it up. He has yeah, for history. Yeah. Captain Archer, yeah. There was one episode where uh the, the where the Enterprise is taken over by this by this group uh uh, that no, the Herogen was was Voyager. And anyway, this this uh, you know a, a, an alien race takes over the Enterprise and forces them into some kind of war game where they're they're like in Nazi Germany or something like that. Yeah. And it, it was the season finale, and you you get like Archer is beaming somewhere or it, something happens and he wakes up and suddenly he's like not on the ship. He's he's in what he thinks is the past. And I swear they they zoomed in on his face, and I I was waiting for him to say, "Oh boy," I I, yeah. I guarantee you there are there is footage of him going saying that. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't do cutting that. room floor. Yeah, wait, now we can't do that. Out of habit. Like you gotta imagine that that was in his contract to even take this role. That okay, you will never ever make Captain Archer say, "Oh boy." <laughs> yeah, and I wish, I wish that the show, I, I wish that they hadn't named the the ship Enterprise because I feel like every time they name a ship Enterprise, it kind of takes away from the original Enterprise. <laughs> you know what I mean? I understand <laughs> that the 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 Enterprise D was called the Enterprise because we're bringing back Star Trek and it's been gone for so many years or whatever, but now we find out that that wasn't even the first Enterprise. There was another one before that, you know. They, but I think they could have, they could have done the whole show and the ship could have been called something else, you know. But yeah. That's just my opinion. Yeah, that's, yeah. I, I don't disagree, uh, but that was such a small part of what was wrong with the show. Yeah, okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, John, you want to give us your last pick? Uh, sure. My, my last pick will be a, uh, a combo. Uh, because instead of it being an hour-long show, um, two 30-minute shows. Um, and that's cheap, Star-Kin. but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Visionaries and Dungeons and Dragons. There was a Dungeons and so, Dragons show? There was a Dungeons and Dragons animated series. Um, it was probably like 83, 84. And it only lasted one season, and it was really good. So the basic plot is these kids, um, regular kids, um, get on this amusement park ride, this Dungeons & Dragons amusement park ride, and are magically transported into the actual Dungeons & Dragons round. And this diminutive wizard figure known as the Dungeon Master, gives each of them um, a magical weapon or item, and 
um, they basically spend every episode trying to find some way to get back home. Um, and they actually, every, like, they all get really close. They actually make it there a couple of times, but for whatever reason, they have to go back. Um, which would get annoying, but there is also this, um, the storyline of what was going on in the Dungeons and Dragons world. Um, and they were kind of, they would drop hints that the, um, the big villain in the, in the series is called Venger. And the only thing keeping Venger from dominating the realm is the fire-headed dragon named Tiamat. Also, a uh, female empowerment, because Tiam- Tiamat is a female dragon. Uh, so there's this war between, there's not even so much a war between the two of them. Um, Vidra wants to take over, but he can't really dominate because TNS out there. Dungeon Master is kind of there to maintain the balance and also be the side of good. And, you know, it's, it's pretty standard cartoon fare, but they really kind of go deeper and darker in some of the later episodes. Like, so they would find the way home. Vendor would stop them. They would find the way home. Vendor would stop them. One episode, they're like, you know, we should really just kill Vendor. Like, <laughs> which <laughs> you should logically, but you would never expect anybody in an '80s cartoon to say or do. Because it was an '80s cartoon for kids on Saturday morning. Right. Yeah. But but it is absolutely the logical conclusion. Like we, he's always going to stop us from getting home. We need to figure out a way to take him out. And they. Um, they determine the means to take him out. And, and like, you know, the Dungeon Master shows up, um, and he's like, oh, kids, I think, today we'll quest. Like, no, we're not questing anything. You need to tell us how to kill a picture. <laughs> he's like, well, I think maybe, no, no, no riddle. <laughs> it, was, it was really good. Like, they did one episode where basically Ninja pulls in a Nazi pilot and gives him a spaceship. Like, yeah, go back and win the war. That'd be cool. <laughs> like, it's... It, so and they and they 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 inferred they were building up to um, this big war, and they never really said who the war would be against except more ultimate evil. And they also inferred that they never really got into the history of Avenger, but they also inferred that basically it was kind of a you know Anakin Skywalker thing where maybe he was like the Dungeon Master's apprentice, possibly even his son. Um, but it, it was. I would have liked for them to... I didn't even necessarily need for them to get home, but you could just tell they, they were laying the seeds for so many more uh, so many more stories. Um, it, would, it would have been nice to see some of that play out. Yeah. And Visionaries um, was sillier. <laughs> and, you know, going, <laughs> going back to the if we're not selling toys, uh, you're going to get canceled theme. Visionaries was basically a show based on the toy. So holograms were big in the 80s. Not Jim and, although, yes, but the actual, <laughs> like, like when you, when you turn the little sticker and it, it was a different picture when you turned it, that's, I dare say, technology kind of, um, gained its footing, um, in the 80s. And so visionaries were little toys where, um, like, they, they, were, they were called um, the Darkling Lords and the Spectral Knights. And uh, similarly to um, 
revolution, when they, they're, they're on this planet called Brismos, which is very Earth-like, kind of future Earth-like, and their suns aligned and all technology stopped working. And so they kind of reverted to this medieval um, kind of world. Um, magic is back, and um, these group of good knights and group of bad knights go questing for magical power to gain an advantage over the other. And um, they all go to this <laughs> wizard's castle, wizard named Merklin, uh, who grants them the ability to basically turn into their animal totems. Um, so the tie-in hologram is it, like you turn it this way, it shows the good symbol or bad symbol, and you turn it the other way and it shows your animal totem, and then they can turn it to themselves. Um, I liked it for a number of reasons. It was, you know, kind of in that same kind of Thundercats vein of uh, animation and um, action adventure. Uh, they, they did do some episodes that were silly, which was fine. Um, but all of the characters, um, it was like they all had a backstory. And... Um, it would show kind of who they were, almost like lost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would, they would show like who they were before society fell. So like, you know, some people were reporters. Some Like there, there was this interesting dynamic, like one was this cop and one was this criminal. And they're still battling each other and they know each other's tricks. And, they're, they're, but, and it, was, it was really good. And um, I appreciated that Merklin wasn't interested. He wasn't a good guy. You know, he, his whole thing was the balance of power. Um, so on occasion, the good guys would win and would just, you know, they would lock up the bad guys. And Merklin would just teleport in and appear and give them the key because good can't just win. And bad can't just win. There's a couple episodes when bad let's just say wins. I think they basically destroyed the planet. Yeah. <laughs> Which is against the rules, apparently. <laughs> um, and one more thing about Vision. I know I'm just talking. Uh, one more thing about Visionaries. Um, not every knight could transform into an animal. But if you can transform into an animal, you got some other special ability. Uh, so some of them could actually activate technology, even though nothing worked, they could, they could empower um, vehicles to run. And some of them got magical staffs, which gave them um, special abilities like wisdom or speed or vulnerability. And in order to activate the staff, you would have to say this very cool rhyme. Let's see if I have another one. Um, all right, so for to activate speed, sheathe these feet in the driving gale, mix with these legs, or land I fail. Because <laughs> I'm such a nerd. I could actually probably do them all. It occurs to me now. But I, I think that's enough. So, yeah, those I was about to say, I, I, <laughs> you, remember, you remember your childhood better than I do because I, the only thing I remember about those two shows is that they existed. I don't. I don't remember any characters' <laughs> names or anything like that. I did watch them. I remember Dungeons and Dragons. I watched it, but 
that's that's all I remember about it is that it was there. Yeah, well, once, but, once again, probably every episode available on YouTube, I'm sure. No. <laughs> I'm learning so much about forgotten 80s cartoons. I've <laughs> not heard of half of these. That, that is my reason for existence. <laughs> I've been trying to, to decide. <laughs> I've been just trying to decide what I wanted to do for my last pick because I've got several here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to 1995. Is another Fox show. <laughs> I know where you're going then. Yeah, um, sliders. Oh no! So this was. This one, what did you think I was going to say? Uh, space Above and Beyond. No, 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 Sliders. Um, this is one of the first oh, times. Yeah. We didn't cool. have, uh, we didn't have, well, we had the internet back then, but it wasn't like it is now. We had America Online, and and we. this was the first time that I remember being excited for a show that was coming up, but you couldn't go on all the message boards back then and see all the upcoming shows and stuff like that and talk about it and stuff. You just saw commercials and you saw what you, what, what, whatever was in Starlog magazine and stuff like that. But I was excited for this show because, um, alternate realities has always kind of fascinated me. The, the fact that every decision that you make could then be spawning another universe in which you made an opposite decision you know and that there's like these infinite worlds out there where there's all these different versions of of you and 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 your world and they're all some of them are just like what you're in and some of them are completely different that's always been kind of fascinating me and i know uh this was the first time that i remember there being a tv show that was just about that there's been shows that kind of had an episode or two that was like they star trek did it with the mirror universe and Twilight Zone had a couple episodes like that, but this one had uh, Jerry O'Connell, and um, he played a guy named Qu- Quinn Mallory, who was basically the standard '90s nerd. Who is uh, they call him a nerd, and he's uh, he's like a hacker, but he's also really good looking, and <laughs> you know that kind of stuff. But uh, he um, he invents this typical good looking nerd. Yeah, he invents this uh, device that opens up a portal. Or a, a wormhole. He doesn't know where it leads to at first. Uh, so, he, I I think in the first episode he kind of accidentally went through it and found out that he was in an alternate universe and he was only there for a few minutes and he came back. And so he decided to go back. He invented a he made a timer that was like a handheld remote kind of thing that would open the wormhole and it would tell him how long it was going to be open or he could time it to open back up and bring him home. Um, after a certain amount of time. But the, the the problem was he didn't know when he went through, he didn't know what earth he's going to be going to, you know, so he didn't know what was going to be on the other side of that wormhole. So first episode, he goes through with, uh, with his professor and his uh, best friend, which is like a typical, a typical sci-fi uh, group. You've got a professor, <laughs> you've got a, you got the really smart nerd guy, and then you got like his girlfriend. And then, yeah. They accidentally, uh, they turned up the power because they were afraid that it wasn't big enough for all three of them. And when they did, they accidentally sucked, sucked in Rembrandt, who was driving by outside and he accidentally <laughs> got sucked in at the same time. And he was like a, um, like a, I don't know, like a soul yeah. singer. He's like a washed up singer yeah. from the eighties the or something. And, uh, classic Scooby gang, basically. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So they go through and they find themselves on like this ice planet. 
and it's so cold, they're afraid that they're not, they're supposed to be there for like an hour, and, uh, they finally talk Quinn into activating the timer before it runs down to zero. When he does, the portal doesn't open up back to his earth, it goes back to a random earth, he goes through it, they all go through it, and that sets up the series, you know, he's, every, every week they're bouncing around to another earth trying to find theirs, you know, so. But, um, it was good. I liked it. It was good. Uh, it was kind of a mid-season replacement. So the first season didn't get a full run of episodes. It only got maybe eight episodes, something like that. And then the second season, uh, came back and was pretty strong. But I think after the third season, Fox canceled it because they weren't getting the numbers that they thought they should. And, uh, Sci-Fi Channel picked it up. Well, when Sci-Fi Channel picked it up, it kind of became a different show. Because first they kill, first they killed the professor because the, the basically the professor was played by John Reese Davis that played, uh, you know, he was in Lord of the Rings and he's been in the Indiana Jones films and stuff and, and, uh, he didn't want to do the show anymore so they killed his character off. Hmm. Then they started bringing in new characters and they brought, and, and then you find out that Quinn was never from our earth to begin with. He had come to our earth when he was a baby and didn't remember it and he had a brother that was on another earth and they get, kind of get reunited and then they start going to worlds where there are dinosaurs. Basically any big movie that was out at the time, the sliders kind of went to a world that was kind of like that. So, you know, lost world came out. Oh, we're going to go to a dinosaur world, you know, that kind of stuff. But, um, then they had these, these aliens that were chasing them around all the time, the crow mags that were going around to different universes and they were trying to destroy stuff and, and they were, and so it, it got really convoluted towards the end, and then it just kind of, kind of fizzled out. It fizzled off my radar anyway. I think it went on for about maybe six or seven. Six, well, it lasted from '95 to, uh, it was on '95 to '97 on Fox, and then Sci-Fi Channel had it from '97 to '99. So it was on for four years. So Sci-Fi Channel only had it for like the last two seasons, but uh, they kind of. They didn't pick up the ball and run like they could have. They, they, they got a, they had a pretty good show and they just kind of let it fizzle away in my opinion. But I know you guys have seen it. You got it. You got it. I don't, well, Hi Chan, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but I know the other. I have not seen it. This is the first time I'm hearing of it. It's on, it's on Netflix. So you, you should definitely go and watch at least the first couple of seasons. They're really good. But, Sounds I mean, like very Doctor Who in terms of the world jumping and stuff, especially yeah. like the later it, ones. It they, yeah, I mean, it it didn't have any time travel in it, but there was times that they went to worlds where they were kind of in the past. You know, they went to a world one time where the 60s movement had kind of bled over and it was in the 90s and there were still hippies around. They went to a world where... um the Nazis had won the world, had won World War Two, you know, and, mm. and they went to one where, um, um, females were the, were the dominant, you know, gender and, uh, and men were basically being used as, uh, just to, for, to create offspring, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. But, so they had some interesting concepts in the, uh, in the worlds that they really went to. Way to say that. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had some interesting concepts in, in the worlds that they went to, but once sci-fi channel picked it up, it just kind of turned into a sci-fi channel type science fiction show. And they didn't really, uh, they didn't really go with the, uh, 
the good concepts of the different worlds. They, they tried to create this ongoing arc of, uh, of aliens taking over all these other worlds and stuff. And I kind of, I kind of lost interest in it. But. I, I saw, I, I can't even say I saw a whole episode of it. Um, I know I gave it, I, I tried to watch it and I don't know if this was in its initial incarnation or on, on sci-fi channel. Uh, all I remember is that the acting was so abysmal that I turned it off after not very long at all and never went back, which probably was unfair of me. But uh, the acting wasn't great. I mean, it had, it had John Reese Davies, like I said. It had Jerry O'Connell, which Jerry O'Connell is still around. You know, he's still doing stuff. Uh, uh, and the Sabrina, Lo- Sabrina was Lloyd brother, was. Right? What's that, John? The person who played his brother was his actual brother, right? Yes. Yes, that's as yeah. He uh, his brother needed a job, so he put his brother on his show. You know, and they they're not twins, I don't believe, but they look a lot alike. You know, they. But uh, yeah, so yeah, his brother needed a, needed a job, so oh okay, I'll give you a part on my show. So here you go. But yeah, it's a it's a recommend for the first few seasons, but once it moved over to Sci-Fi Channel. I'd say the first few episodes after Sci-Fi Channel picked it up are okay, but when you get to the episode where Quinn gets turned into a zombie, I would turn it off. I wouldn't watch it. I wouldn't watch it past that point. So, <laughs> well, as as much as I love John Reese Davies in in Raiders of the Lost Ark and in and in the, um, the Lord of the Rings movies, when he's your star, it's kind of a, a not the best place to start from. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was, I mean, he was a typical professor, but he was, he was like this over the top loud professor that's so, uh, full of himself and everything. But they also, they needed him as kind of the brain because he was the, Quinn was supposed to be a genius, but Arturo, which was John's, uh, John Reese's character's name was smarter than him, you know, so together they would come up with all these, ways of uh getting out of whatever situation they're in but it's kind of like the professor from gilligan's island they can't <laughs> they can't fix the freaking timer that can get them home you know <laughs> so okay i got and uh just real quick some honorable mentions uh terminator sarah connor chronicles was a good show that i mm-hmm. that i thought didn't get a fair oh, shake yeah. it got uh it got canceled in the middle of a cliffhanger well, it got. It also was a victim of the writers' strike because yeah, that's you, true. That's true. If yeah. you watched it when it was originally airing, uh, episode nine, which was which ended up being the the season finale, uh, which was a real head scratcher because we're like that was the season finale, and then we realized it was because that was the last episode that they could shoot before the before the strike took over. Um, after it came back from that. After the strike was over, it just they were never able to get the momentum back. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, I mean, I loved it up until episode nine, and then everything after that, when it finally came back, was just a, a, a pale shadow of itself. So they also it, had a they also had a weird title change because it was originally just supposed to be called the Sarah Connor Chronicles, yeah. and I guess they thought, oh, people don't know who Sarah Connor is, so they they decided, okay, we'll call it Terminator the Sarah Connor Chronicles. But you know, yeah, then but, it became a very very long name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but Summer Glau did some of her best work on that show. I just I yeah, love watching her good. anyway. But you know, because she does she does gorgeous brooding and creepy really well and <laughs> yeah. and 
Cameron was just the epitome of all three of those things. Right. And a couple others that I had, of course, of course, Firefly. But yeah. everybody, everybody knows about Firefly. Yeah. Uh, Freaks and Geeks was one that I liked, uh, which was uh, took place in the eighties, and it was about kind of the the nerdy outcast kids in school, and you, you had a couple of different groups of outcast kids, and Seth Rogen got his start there, and uh, it was it was a Judd Apatow show, so yeah, yeah, a lot of yeah. the people on there became like what moved on to into his movies. They only made eighteen episodes, but and only twelve of them actually aired in the original run, and and uh, and then it got canceled. And then uh, Under the Dome was one that started with promise, but it was originally supposed to be a mini series, and they decided to turn it into a regular series. And then it it they shouldn't have <laughs> because they should have just went with the book and stopped where the book stopped and quit trying to make more stuff. And The Office. Uh, the American Office is one that should have got canceled when Steve Carell left. It was still funny, but it wasn't as funny, and it should have just it should have just stopped. And and then uh, oh, can last- we throw in shows that got seasons more than it, they deserved? Oh yeah, I mean, I was gonna, I was, the the ending that it didn't deserve. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. freaking Sequest. Yes. <laughs> when oh, when yeah. Earth Two got canceled and i'm like you were doing earlier john i'm trying to keep the profanities in place here uh, when, when earth 2 which was the smartest cleverest best done science fiction show to date this was 1994 on nbc it was awesome same year sequest came out sequest dsv which was a cheap star trek ripoff that was terrible uh, yeah. underwater like star trek Earth Two got uh, got jerked around with its schedule, got preempted for for basketball and 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 other sporting events, and and never got a fair shake, and got canceled at the end of its first season. Sequest because Steven Spielberg was like an executive producer on it, which meant maybe he read a script and wrote a check. Uh, <laughs> got three seasons, and and each season got retooled while they were trying to figure out how to make that piece of crap watchable. Right. <laughs> And it it was ah. Uh. <laughs> well, and, and, like, there's only so much you can do on a submarine. Like, there's only so like it's not like they ever. I don't think they ever really surface much. Like, it's just there's. And what they did was only moderately interesting, and you know, had all your stocks. I'm sorry, this is your rant. You go ahead. Well, yeah, no, I mean, you, like you got the the the, the Wesley Crusher Wonder Kid, the freaking talking dolphin. Uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I remember watching it as a kid and thinking, well, everybody says the show is good, so I guess it's good. Let's do our assignments from the uh, last episode, <laughs> and then we'll uh, we'll wrap up. But um, John, I. Let's see, uh, I wanted you to watch uh, a couple episodes of Black Mirror. Did you get get a chance to do that? Um, I've, I've seen Black Mirror. Okay. Um, Let I me ask actually, uh, Rick and Hi-Chan, have either one of you guys seen uh, Black Mirror? Nope. I have not seen it, but I have gotten lots of recommendations for it. And I okay. have heard of the first episode being somewhat connected to David Cameron's pig scandal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, I, guess, I guess you could say that. Yeah, it was. It was. Go ahead, John. I'll let you kind of talk about it. You want me to kind of go over a little bit of what of what the show was, and then you can tell me what you thought of it? Uh, however you want to do it, that's fine. Okay. So, 
Uh, Black Mirror is a, it's an anthology series from the UK, and uh, each episode has a different cast and a different story, but they all fall into the same theme of uh, examining our society, the way we rely on technology, almost to a, almost to a fault. So the Black Mirror actually refers to the screens that we look at every day, like our phone screen and our, our computer screen, TV screen, uh, things like that. The first episode really got me, and I guess I guess spoiler alert on the first episode because it's hard to not talk about what the show's about. But the first episode um, is not as sci-fi as the other ones are. The other episodes kind of have a sci-fi bend to them, but the prime minister basically uh, gets a, a call from a kidnapper. He, this guy's kidnapped the princess. And uh, tells her, has her read this letter over on YouTube. And everybody's seen it. You know, he can't keep it under wraps. And basically, the the the, the princess tells him that if, if you want, this guy's going to kill me unless you go on live TV by the end of the day and you have sex with a pig. On television, in front of everybody, and, and, and everybody sees it. So... The thing that got me in this episode is that at the time of uh, when the act is supposed to be taking place, they show London, and um, and I guess they show a couple other spots around England, and it's completely deserted. There's n- it's almost like an apocalyptic scene. You see nobody. It's like everybody's just gone, and you realize that everybody is inside watching the screen and watching the TV. You know. And um, it kind of reminded me of, uh, I don't know if you guys ever had to read Fahrenheit 451 for uh, in high school or whatever, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was, there's a scene in that book where the main character is being chased and these they come over the television and say, everybody go outside and look for him. And everybody, they don't even question, they just get up and go do it, you know? It kind of reminded me of that. Everybody's just glued to the TV. Anything could be going on outside. You know, it doesn't matter. They're watching what's going on on TV because the prime minister is going to be doing stuff with a pig. <laughs> you know, but uh, all the other episodes, you know, there's there's only three episodes per season. There's like two seasons on Netflix. And uh, the other ones that I've seen have kind of a sci-fi bend to them, but they all kind of kind of have the same theme. Uh, talk about technology. The The third episode has a is about uh, people that can everybody has a chip in their brain and they can everything that they see and do is being recorded and they can rewind it and watch it again kind of reminds me of the fact that uh people people don't really have to keep anything in their brain anymore because they can google it anytime they want to (laughs) you know so we're kind of losing the the ability to retain information for a long period of time but john what did you what did you think of the show uh i like the show um i i've seen it before netflix recommended it to me um, and I've, I've watched, have you seen every episode? I've seen all of the first season and I've seen the first episode of the second season. Okay. I would say there is one other episode, um, that is not so based in, in fact, it's not really based at all in any, in any kind of, uh, futuristic technology. Um, it's, um, it's, it's, uh, another comment on um, politics 
and how the uh, how elections and the the all of politics has just become this theater and this almost like reality TV show. Um, and there is one a separate episode that's actually about a reality TV show. Yeah, <sighs> but yeah. It's, it's almost like everyone lives in it. It's 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 yeah. It's basically the the whole series is just kind of bizarre. What if? Yeah. Uh, kind of, you know, exploring these different themes about society. Um, I liked the series, but I had to take it in doses. Because, (laughs) because, uh, I don't think happy ending doesn't even really figure in. Like, you're not going to get a happy ending. You might get one that doesn't make you want to kill yourself. Or not. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's like, even the, even the episodes where you think, you know, there's eight ways this could turn out, you know, pretty well, it's not going to be any one of those ways. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I consider myself an optimistic person, um, but I also like a good story. So, you know, I, I enjoyed the series, and if they release another season, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely watch it. Um, but I also, I need some hope mixed in with my dystopia. This is true. This is true. I think Netflix Uh is going to, I think Netflix is going to make a third season, but it's going to be more than just the three episodes that they, I think they're going to do like eight episodes or something like that. So we'll see. I would, I would, I would, I would definitely recommend it to anyone who's a fan of, you know, smart sci-fi or, uh, you know, social commentary. Okay. And you had, you wanted me to watch, uh, frequencies. Frequencies. Yeah. Did you want to talk about it for a minute? And I'll tell you what I thought of it. Uh, sure. Uh, frequencies. I think I talked about a little, a, a little, uh, last episode, but, um, basically it's set in this world where, um, people give off certain frequencies and it kind of resonates with, reality. So, like, if you're a very high, if you resonate at a very high frequency, things just work out for you. You know, um, a cab is there if you need a cab. Or when you find an umbrella, it's raining outside. Or, you know, and it's not like you're, it's not like you don't have to work. It's just things just kind of go your way. Right. And if your number is very low, you know, things don't go your way. You know, it's raining after you just washed your car or, you know, the dog is loose and it bites the mailman. Like, you know, this, this stuff. Um, so the story, and they establish all this very quickly in the show because it focuses on these two characters, boy and a girl. The girl is off the charts, high frequency. The boy is off the charts. Literally, he's in, like, negative. <laughs> yeah. And... You know, they just kind of want to see what happens. What happens if we touch? What happens? And not that, you know, I mean, they're, they're kids, so it's not like overly sexual or anything like that. But they're just, you know, what would happen? And um, basically storm clouds, <laughs> lightning storms. So they, they really shouldn't be in the vicinity of each other. Uh, so that's the world that this is set in. And... Um, Plot. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I don't really know 
I want to go into the plot any more than that. But you, of course, feel free to as you talk about it, John. Yeah, and I mean, it was kind of a it's it's kind of a quiet, kind of slow moving movie, but um, I did like it. It kind of reminded me of like when I watched uh, when I watched Primer. Like I said, um, anytime you can tell a good sci-fi story. Well, hi, Chan and Rick. Have you guys ever seen Frequencies? I've never seen it. Okay, I'm sorry. We're talking about movies that you guys (laughs) never seen, but uh, anytime that you can uh, do a a good sci-fi story without doing a ton of special effects and explosions and stuff like that. I'm on board with that because I, you know, I like all the flashy stuff. I like Star Wars, I like Star Trek, but if you read a lot of sci-fi, you know that a lot of the stories are more cerebral. And, uh, you know, if they can make a film that relies more on making you think than giving you a bunch of eye candy, you know, I, I like that. So I enjoyed the movie. Parts of it reminded me, I don't know, John, if you remember that short film that I had you watch after the first episode, the, uh, the, the price of life. Um, yeah. It kind of reminded me a little bit of that because there's like this scientific difference between their world and ours that they don't really explain. They don't really explain why everybody has a diff- has frequencies and stuff like that. It just it, it just is because that's their world, you know. Um, it kind of brings into question the idea of of uh, our having free will. You know, do we do we right. have uh, free will if our if our frequency determined? Or, or does our frequency determine things for us? Like, is it just harder for us to accomplish our goals because of our frequency? Because throughout the movie, uh, Zach is, even though his frequency is, a, I think they said like a negative seven, even though his frequency is so low, he still accomplishes everything that he sets out to do. He yeah, just he, runs he's in, like a, he's like a his, Yeah, his he just frequency. runs into a lot more obstacles like than everybody does. So, you know, and then the question at the end, uh, when he ends up with Marie, um, is it because? I'm sorry. Well, spoiler alert: they end up together. <laughs> but is it because she fell for him, wow. or is it because of, uh, or is it because of fate, or is it just because it was supposed to happen? You know, so it's free will versus frequencies or whatever. But I did like the, you know, it, it makes you think. And I'm sorry, I ruined. I didn't ruin the movie. That's just. Uh, Something that happens, they end up together at the end. I, I may edit that out, but the, hi, the, hi Chan and Rick, if you watch it, I'm, I'm sorry. You didn't burn all of it. Well, and, and another another reason I like this movie is the whole. And then that part where the stormtroopers show up and start killing people was really weird. Too. <laughs> yeah. He was a robot the giant, all along. The giant bees were a real surprise. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like that, the frequency aspect itself. Is you know is enough for a good sci-fi movie of Benwell, but they actually, you know, not too far into it, you know, kind of up the ante and introduce this whole other level yeah. of uh, of a of a sci-fi story, and and it takes it in a, in a I would say like in a completely different direction, certainly from what I thought it was going to go, but it still makes sense in the context of the movie. So it is for one major thing. But yeah. it didn't feel like there's like it's it's <laughs> like this this whole second aspect we haven't even talked about at all. Yeah. So it, you know, I would I would still uh, it's still worth watching. It's, it's, okay. It's a good movie. So, so it also recommended by Netflix. Netflix is like my best friend at this point. Yeah. Sad. But like it, <laughs> like I've I've been a member long enough for them to be like you know what you're gonna love this just watch this you know what don't even watch this you're you're gonna hate this and and it's. 
you know, I, I can't remember the last time it was, it, it like got me wrong. You know, <laughs> it knows you well. Yeah. Okay. Well, your, uh, your assignment for the next episode and, uh, and, uh, Rick and Hachi and you guys can watch it too. If you, um, if, if you come back for the next episode, we can all talk about it because I want to give you another one that I haven't seen yet. Like I did before. Okay. And then the last time I did it, you didn't watch it. I'm going to assign you the film, uh, Mr. Holmes. It's not, it hasn't been out very long. It just came out, uh, a couple months ago, I think. And, uh, it's called Mr. Holmes. Ian McClellan. Ian McClellan. He, uh, he plays, basically, he plays the guy that the character of Sherlock Holmes was based oh, on. Yeah. I want to see that. Yeah. It's, is that on, already out on DVD? It, well, it's on Google Play. Yeah, I, just, is, I saw is. it today. It's like four ninety nine to watch it on Google Play. So, mm. so uh, watch it's, that, it, and I'll watch it. In, I've seen it. I've seen it at Redbox. I almost got it earlier this week. So, well, now you've got a good uh, reason to watch yeah. it. Yeah. So, what you got for me? Um, this is. Um, I think we we actually probably talked about it. Uh, the Man in the High Castle. Mm. Um, not. Not a movie, but a show. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's on Amazon. Basically, it's the, uh, uh, this, you know, alternate universe, once again, um, where the Nazis won the war. Um, I, I haven't seen it yet. So we'll, we'll uh, just right back at you at recommending yeah. something that I haven't I, seen. I almost watched it. I almost watched yeah, it the really other day because I saw the commercial for it and it looks really good, so. Have, have, have either of you guys seen it? No, but that's next on my list after I finish binging Jessica Jones, basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I hadn't even heard of it. It's a no, I've, I've, it's an Amazon it's an Amazon show that just started in the last uh, in the last few months. So, uh, yeah, it's an alternate alternate reality show. Um, yeah, it's like it's set in the '60s in an alternate reality, so it kind of has all the fashion and kind of and. S- style yeah. of the 60s but they like uh it's madman nazi style yeah yeah and like <laughs> the u.s has been split into two domains one half of it owned by japan and half of it owned by uh germany like nazi germany and so you see kind of like this fusion of those cultures as well plus like all these nazi signs everywhere and it's mm. a really high concept series i think based off of a philip k dick novel so, ah. yeah, it sounds really interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know it was a Philip K. Dick novel. Mm-hmm. But Now that you mention that, the, the, the title seems to fit. That's that's a very Dickish title. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of a better way to put that. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, John Dickensian? I don't know. <laughs> Oh yeah! Every every time somebody says something off color, they say, "Sorry, Sean's mom. My mom, only, <laughs> my mom only listened to the first episode. I don't think she she's not as big into movies as I am, so I don't think she listens to it every every time it comes out. But uh, <laughs> okay, well, we're gonna go ahead and wrap things up for this episode. Wait, and, wait, wait. I, I, I'm sorry. Go um, ahead. I thought, are, are we doing honorable mentions for the shows? What's that? I don't. I don't have to talk about it. But I just want to. Uh, my honorable mentions, uh, Strange Luck. Oh, okay, yeah. Which was, uh, from Chris Carter, creative of X-Files. Basically, X-Files kind of spun off a couple of shows. Um, and this is one of them about this guy, kind of like Frequencies, actually, who just had, it's not even really good luck, 
a really bad life. It's just bizarre, just bizarre things happened to him. And it was one season, and at the end, um, there was a Fox Mulder reference. Basically, like, if you ever get in trouble, uh, you know, look up this agent. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was really good, and it was canceled. And uh, the 4400, which was on USA, um, about this group of um, people who, throughout time, have been abducted by aliens, they all got returned on, like, the same day, 4400 of them. And the reason and wherefore of their return is mysterious and possibly nefarious. And it turns out that they've all kind of been given special powers. And I think that lasted two seasons. And the ultimate goal or plot was never really revealed because the show was canceled. That's not true. <laughs> yeah. Do either one of you guys have like, any honorable mentions you want to mention before we I go? Have- I have one that's a little unusual. It's um, another Joss Whedon show that was canceled by Fox, Dollhouse, um, which went on for two seasons, and it starred Eliza Dushku. It was kind of, it was one of his weaker um, Whedon shows, but it was a cool concept, and it was just starting to get interesting right when it was canceled, because it, like, started going into post-apocalyptic stuff, which was something you wouldn't really expect with a show like that. Um, So it's, that's my honorable mention. Okay. Rick, you got any? Uh, no, I, I we did mine when we were talking about oh, okay. That's right. Earth yeah, 2 did. and Space Above and Beyond. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap things up. And uh, thank you for joining us for uh, Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. I want to thank uh, John. Thanks for being here with me. Thanks. My pleasure, as always. And Hi Chan. Uh, hi Chan, you want to you wanna plug your show at all? Yes. Please listen to the <laughs> please listen to the Millennial Falcon. I just started this podcast with two of my friends, and we talk geek culture from a millennial perspective. Okay, and I've listened to it. It is it is good. Yeah, because I don't. Even I mean, I, wa- old, I watch. I like it. Well, all the stuff that y'all, all the stuff that you guys uh, talk about, I've seen, but I guess I don't look at it from the perspective of. A millennial. I'm not a millennial, you know. I was born in the late '70s, so. Yeah, but uh, but I do I do past, enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's from the past ten years. Um, we talk about you know '90s nostalgia at some points, so it's fun. And uh, Rick, uh, thank you for being with us. That um, you want to plug any of your shows? You've got several. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm just reeling from the term '90s nostalgia. Hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> The 90s wasn't long enough ago. Yeah. It was 20 years yeah. ago now. I know. I can't deal with that <laughs> number. I'm sorry. That's like when well, that... Yeah, like, uh, earlier, earlier she was like, yeah, you know, those old, those old DC shows like Batman. <laughs> like, well, okay, but, you know. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually... I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing your show because, you know, I want to hear what you kids are into these days. Um <laughs> But no, it sounds. It actually sounds really cool. Um, That's like when that set when that '70s show was out, and then they tried to do a spinoff called that uh, '80s show. Yeah, and and I was like, well, how long? And it was actually in the '90s, so I was like, how long is it going to be before they have that '90s show? <laughs> well, unfortunately, that '80s show didn't work well enough. So no, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, you remember um, VH1 was do that too. It's like I love the '70s, I love the '80s, yeah, and then they, they did not love the '2000s. Yeah, Buzzfeed is I heart the '90s basically. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. What shows am I doing now? Um, uh, we've got uh, the uh, seventh Chevron, uh, which is our uh, Stargate SG-1 uh, episodic review show. Uh, we're about two-thirds of the way through season one on that one. Uh, I've got Ray Guns and Go-Go Boots, where Richard Smith and I uh, take a, a TV show from the 60s, 70s, or 80s and uh, and give it a, the once-over. Um uh, oh, the the simply syndicated movie news, <laughs> which is also yeah. Uh, I just recorded that this afternoon, and it's after midnight, so my brain is shutting down. But uh, yeah, so check those out at uh, go to simplysyndicated.com. You can find a ton of shows there, and I'm on many of them. All right, and you can find uh, you can find this show, of course, on iTunes and on our uh, website at cosmicpotato.com. We're also on SoundCloud, and uh, you can reach me at. Sean Ray at CosmicPotato.com You can reach John at John Irons at CosmicPotato.com And that's going to do it for this episode So until next time uh, Take care of yourself Nothing wrong thing What's that? <laughs> I didn't think about it until we said the seven Chevron Target Universe Oh yeah <laughs> 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 okay. Until next time Take care of yourselves and we'll see you in the future